welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, November 16th. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines right now. We only have an hour today. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone right now and start dialing. 855-950-3835. Again, we only have an hour. It is a free-for-all. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, we can talk about it. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is, well, everybody just picked up the phone and started dialing, so I guess I don't need to say that anymore. Um, One thing I want to talk about, I've really been watching uh, the economy, the industry, and everything that's going on, I've had the um, the privilege of seeing a couple of really, really good uh, analysts in person. There's several different opinions out there about what's going on, but it really doesn't matter who's right. I see a big opportunity coming, and here's what I see, and it, and it's a little bit of a shift for us, but we we're already in position for this because I started building a course for this um, a ways back. I think there is going the the real opportunity coming up in the next couple of years is going to be getting your own authority. That doesn't mean it's still not a good idea to be leased to a carrier. If you're leased to a carrier and you're happy, you should stay doing that. That's not go- unless there is one big caveat to that. That is, it's currently illegal to do that in California, and the the courts have upheld that, and there are several bills in Congress now to make that federal, where you would not be able to lease to a carrier just like the current law in California. You cannot lease a truck to a carrier, and we may get that federally. If If that happens, then your only option if you want to own trucks, well, there might be two of them. Your carrier could re- could create a two-check system. I'm not a big fan of that. I, I did not start a business and invest in equipment to be somebody's employee. The other way around it is you simply become a carrier, and then you can work with it. You know, let's say you currently work with Landstar, and they passed a federal bill about this. Well, you just go get your authority, and you work with Landstar's brokerage, and all of their assets will be moved over to the brokerage side. So we're really going to start focusing programs on helping people get their own authority. And I have a a big program in mind. Uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about it right now, but it's all the pieces are there. Most of them anyway, about 80%. It would not take us long to build this out. And I think that may be... um, Maybe something big we're going to be working on soon. So if you have ever thought now, in my mind, I have uh, I, I have kind of a two stage program for this. Even if you've never had a truck, but you've been waiting to get into the market, this would be the way to do it. We would take you from no truck to being a carrier all in one shot with all the support, the program to do it. Or if you've already if you already have a truck, but you want to move into your own authority. That's going to be a big, uh, big part of what we do going forward. So just a little 
hint at um, what I'm going to be working on in the background for a while. I think that's where I'm positive. That's where the big opportunity coming up is. We are losing a lot of carriers and we're losing a lot of brokers. That's going to leave shippers and shippers, receivers, and some brokers looking for new carriers. And uh, we want to kind of elevate that carrier too. maybe even have some sort of a certification for that carrier. I've got a couple ideas in mind for that. All right. Um, if you hear big silences from me during this first hour, it's uh, me hitting my mute button and coughing. That still hasn't gone away. I do feel much, much better today. I'm definitely uh, recovering from this. The worst of it was about 24 hours. Um, but there's still uh, some lingering issues. Hopefully today will be the last day for that. All right. We don't have a lot of time, so I am going to get to the calls Pick up the phone and join us, 855-950-3835. We're going to get started in West Virginia today. Steve, welcome. Uh, good morning, Kevin. I hope you hope you got to feel better. I'll try, to, I'll try to keep it where you don't have to talk too much there for a couple of minutes. Uh, got a couple of items on, on numbers that, uh, that are, well, first off, one number is unrealistic, uh, and another number we have to, I'm looking at, some systemic changes we have out here in freight I want to go over with you. But first, uh, <laughs> our good friends at Yellow Freight uh, are very proud of their equipment. Boy, you're and not kidding. They're getting ready to have a big auction. They're having an auction. I, I've done the numbers on it, though. 12,000 tractors, 35,000 trailers, most of which are pups. Uh, the vast majority, I'm sure, probably 80, 90%. Um, and they want to get a, uh, not $850 million. Out of, they want to get an average of $180,000 per unit for them in an auction. Okay. They said their minimum that they'll take is $475 million. That's 100000 per item. That's, these are day camp, mostly day camps. I'm sure they have a few, few, few sleeper camps. Yeah, but mostly day camps, mostly pups. Now, they did buy a lot of newer equipment with all that free money or that, that free loan that they haven't paid back to the government. Um, so we know that. But uh, but that, that, the equipment's not going to bring anything near that. I think if they average taking in thirty to 40000 per unit on average, it's probably less because trailers aren't going to bring that much. So most of their trailers riding down the road look like they were put together with duct tape. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's garbage stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hundred hundred and fifty million maybe. But they're 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 looking for four seventy five minimum at eight fifty as their green number. They're not gonna come close. Sorry, yeah. And so you you know their equipment. You know you know what equipment goes for. I mean, and and you were in the day cab business. Now, I know some of the day cabs will sell, but not when you're not when you got that many units at one time. Probably probably. So what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe eleven thousand of that twelve thousand will be day caps. I imagine. It, yeah, it's it's got to be a big number. So now the market, that is. So that's an unrealistic number, right? <laughs> um, and and you know, like I say, well, we I I want to see now. What I want to see is the aftermath. I want to see what the auction brings. Maybe the bankruptcy court. Maybe they will be transparent with that. But I'm saying maybe a hundred 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 fifty million. You know, if they get two hundred million, they better jump for joy. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you know, maybe it's the fact that the bankruptcy court doesn't have a clue uh, what equipment goes for. Maybe they're looking at newer pricing 
maybe there maybe it's not really uh, uh, people that are involved in trucking that came up with those figures. I I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, but their real estate worth a lot of money. FDs has put the minimum bid at what a, a billion and a half now on the uh, on the on the uh, real so, estate, and so basically the, the bankruptcy court will end up having enough money to pay back the government's loan. They'll probably have enough money to catch up uh, the pension stuff that they had been doing for a number, number of years. So it'll probably come out not too badly. Well, know, I, even made all stuff at the end came out not too badly. Yeah, and I, I really hope that happens. Um, it seems to me like in the last month, I'm losing track of time, there was another bidder that came out of nowhere, and it was a company, They were were they like an auto hauler? So Dominion was one of them. There was one other. one other bid, but Estes won the. They won the the the, the backup. It's called a backup bid because they're going to bid each property out there. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they you know, they're going to get at least a billion and a half because Estes is guaranteed that much. Well, the the two big ones were. I, I, yeah, I, I've always said Estes too. Yeah, I don't. The two big ones were Old Dominion and Estes. They made total sense because they're LTL right. companies that that works for them. Somebody came out with an even higher offer, and when I looked at the company, I thought, first of all, I don't think they have that much money, and two, this makes no sense for them. Who was that? I can't find it anywhere. I'm even searching for it. I can't find it. No, I, I, yeah, I think it. I I think it was. I think it was a rejected bid because of what you said. I don't think. I don't think they knew that Estes and, and and Old Dominion were. And they'll and both of them will buy a lot of those terminals. Well, you know, I was at Carolina Freight when we when we were bought bought by ABF in '94. Estes ended up buying well over half of our terminals at that point. Uh, so they moved up to much bigger terminals at that point. Right. They were a very small regional company back then. Right. And now they're they're one of the better. Old Dominion is the best run LTL company out there. I'd say Estes is the second best. Company. Yeah, I would agree. And 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 they're but they're private, so we don't know their numbers. They do very well. The same fourth generation right now is getting ready to go up to CEO in the next few years. So we're, you know, that's the thing. They kept it going. Everybody else, all those in the 1930s, all, uh, you know, Mr. Beam at Carolina Freight, he died in 89 and five years it went out <laughs> because the son-in-law ran it in the ground. You know, it, that happened with a lot of generations in trucking. So we saw that. But, but yeah, but you know, as far as the yellow thing goes, they're gonna get the money. They're gonna get. They're gonna get it out of the state. It's gonna. It's gonna be much more minimal out of that equipment sale. Right. The the, the main thing that it is talked to about numbers though is a systemic change I'm seeing out here that not not anybody is talking about much. But uh, right now in most metro areas, there are anywhere from thirty to sixty Amazon facilities. In, in every area now. It's same-day delivery in most areas now. And those, those blue trailers, uh, they have quadrupled the number of trailers they have on the road in the last four years. That has taken a ton of capacity out of the uh, out of the common carrier freight market because they have their own logistics, and they basically get, I call it, I hate, I hate to say it like this, but it's mostly bottom feeder uh you know, one truck owner operators that have equipment that looks like say looks like it needs to be put together with duct tape and zip ties that they utilize in their forty of miles. Yeah, because it's your arm power only. But 
at that at that rate, if they have a breakdown, they're out of business. And they just next man up. You know, that's what they're doing. I think that's keeping a downward pressure on everything. For one thing, it's taking capacity off. The, you know, you remember Brent used to say, "We have a million two loads on the on the right. two hundred thousand loads on the board at a day." Now it's two or three hundred thousand a day, uh, and that was a year and a half ago when you know when when right. for the XM thing. Uh, you know, and and so that's part of it, right? I think that's part of the systemic changes. It's not going to come back because uh, it, it, somebody like Amazon knows how to take the cost out of things, and so they've done that. All right. Then the next biggest thing is I don't know if you remember about two or three months ago, everybody was shocked that Biden signed an executive order banning all crude oil shipments from the rails. You know, he first day he he, he stopped the Keystone Pipeline. All the crude went on the rails, then, so so it could get moved. And of course, when that happened, that hurt some of the intermodal at the at that point because the capacity on the rails. You know, they were talking about wanting the government to put in a third rail across the country instead of just, just two. Uh, at that time, of course, you know, my, my my thinking on that was railroads make a lot of money. You put your own third rail in if you want it. <laughs> you know, you put your own infrastructure in there, but right. A few months ago, he banned he banned uh, crude oil ship, uh, you know, tankers from being on the rails. I know they had up in Canada they had one that, that had a, a bad accident, and, you know, did a lot of damage uh, up in Ontario. But but uh, I don't know why he did it then because everybody thought that one reason he did the Keystone Pipeline ban on the first day was a stop to to Buffett. Buffett's a huge you know a huge left left wing uh, donor, you know, right. so. Uh, so they, 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 you know, everybody thought that, but then when he did that, well, Buffett's not going to sit still. So Buffett and J.B. Hunt recently announced that they're going to, they're going to, uh, they started a new partnership, not just going across the country with the intermodals back and forth across the country. They're going to start doing more regional, less than a thousand mile moves with intermodal between uh, BNSF and and J.B. Hunt. So it, right now, if you want to go cross-country, you better be a team that's going after hot freight, or you better be some kind of produce carrier or you know, some kind of some kind of refrigerated carrier uh, for that. I mean, it, nothing else is going across the country unless it's on those rails. And that's taking a lot of capacity out. And if they, if they get it eat into the regional market, which is about what most, most of us out here have now is regional stuff, uh, it will... I think it's going to keep down with pressure for, you know, this systemic changes on, in the future. Now, two, two examples of how much more intermodal is getting away from the common carrier. Uh, I work with two different, uh, I work with two different appliance makers, uh, 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 Whirlpool and Bosch. And at both places, it used to be about one third common carrier, uh, one third uh, intermodal, two thirds common carrier. That flipped in the last two years. Now it's two thirds to eighty percent of 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 uh, containers in their yards, and very very few common carrier trailers sitting there now. When I go in, so that's that's that is on the ground. That's happening. We know we see that happening. Right. Uh, I think those two things are gonna keep downward pressure on rates in the spot market. You know, uh, I, you know. Plus, I just don't see the economy producing enough loads. I mean, it was all COVID money that. Produced, I called him Brent Utto's load because you kept telling him this can't go on forever. Well, it, it went on until the COVID money went left, and right. it went away. 
you know, it, that, that's when it went away. Is shortly, I think shortly after, you know, y'all, y'all finished y'all, y'all deal together, you know, when, when, when you left that camp. So, uh, so the, but, uh, that, that's just, this is observations I've made, you know, macro. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with really just about all of them. And, you know, there's two ways we can look at this. We're in for a rough time. There's no doubt. And I don't know how long it's going to be. We, we've still got more pain, but it also means we're going to wash a lot of small carriers and a lot of small brokers and even some big carriers and big brokers are going to get washed out of this market. A lot of them. And it's going to keep happening. So what we can look forward to is it may be one of the worst downturns we've ever been through. It will create the biggest opportunities we've ever seen. Correct. And especially if you keep your expenses extremely low. Yep. And, and you know, everybody, most people that listen so, to your show, you know, have had it beat into a they, they're They're keeping their expenses low. Most, most of us are. I mean, I'm not. I'm not having any issues, but right. I see folks every day that are having tons of issues out here because they haven't kept their expenses low. Like you said, buy the classic. Don't gripe about you know when when rates are down and, so, and fuel is up, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's here's what I've got in mind because I've always said the the best opportunities to create a business is at the bottom of a market, but you better damn well have a rock solid plan. When you start at the bottom, there's not a lot of room to make a bunch of mistakes. So there, there, there's two ways to approach this. You could start at the top, and if you're lucky, you could make a lot of mistakes and stay in business. Hopefully you learn from those mistakes, but I really don't see people learning from their mistakes. When they start at the top, it seems like, and one of the problems is you've already locked in your equipment, which, which could have been a huge mistake yeah. already. So I don't like that model of starting at the top, making a bunch of mistakes and hoping I can figure it out before we reach a bottom, which is where we are now and why we're going to lose all those people that started at the top. So I'm going to put together the rock solid plan from step one through the end. I, I will eliminate every mistake you could possibly make and we will maximize profit throughout the whole process, and I'm going to teach that process to people. I, I'm going to make that a program. And it, it will be from, okay, I'm a driver and I want to be a carrier. What do I do? Here, here's the program. You don't have to have anything. In fact, I will tell you that I have the most success with a program like this with people who have no experience owning trucks. Right. right. Yeah, that's true because most people that, that have been in it you know, they, they, like Mike says, they, they may have 30 years of experience. They got one year, 30 times. Very, most you know, times they, they don't, they don't, who moved, who moved my cheese? You've been talking about it lately. Yeah. I used to listen to it once a year. Now I listen to it twice a year. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. Good idea. It, it really is. That, that, you know, that and, and, uh, and, and uh, how to win friends and influence people and in the seven habits and i do yeah. the, hey do the seven habits on a bridge one time but then get the abridged version because you can you know after you absolutely heard it one time, the under, the yeah. abridged, the, that's the a good idea too is fine and i think look i think it would be fantastic if you did a uh did a show on each of the habits at some point or an hour yeah that's just teaching, 
you know, and and hey, you might you might uh, you might bring that up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to help you uh, uh, marketing wise. Uh, if you come, you know, you're coming up uh, in, in a in in your in your uh, in your Thursday talks with people with on the seventy five dollar plan or seventy two dollar plan, you may come up and say, okay, in the month and then month or in a couple of months, we're gonna go over the seven habits and let y'all in the business group work on each habit for for that day, you know, and and uh, kind of you know work. That's just another thing. I don't know if you have any. Any uh, copyright issues, but you're hey, you're 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 selling some books. I don't I, think I don't think it would matter. <laughs> I, I can actually go get certified in teaching that program, um, and I, I may. It is a good program. We'll see. All right, I got to move along. We got to get to some calls. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome. What's up, Kevin? I just want to uh, thank the families of the tribe that reached out to me. So good. They good. know who they are. Yeah, thank you from me as well. And, and your tribe too. Yep. Yeah. Um, so here's, I got, I'm trying to get two, I'm working on two mortgages. I'm trying to figure it out. One of them, I, the, the rocket mortgage thing is, uh, that's what she's got hers through. So it'd be kind of easy transition, you know, once it's sold. Okay. The house. But I got to pay you, which is odd. I, I can't remember the last time you're hearing points on, on a mortgage. But it's like one well, point, and I'm like, yeah. Here, here's why. Well, it's not a lot, but no. Here's why you're hearing it again. When we were down in the two, nobody was going to sell you a point. They're not going to give you a one one percent mortgage. It was never going to happen. There was no margins in there already. Well, now that we're up and talk knocking on eight percent interest rates, oh yeah, you, you will have the opportunity to buy points. Let me explain to everybody else what points are. Points are kind of prepaying interest so that you get a lower interest rate over the entire mortgage. So you're going to pay more upfront with points. You'll pay less over the life of the loan. The, the time you want to be careful with points is if there's any chance you're going to sell this property within the next five years or so. If you pay the points and then sell, right, them, right. you get screwed. If you pay the points and hold the mortgage, you will benefit. But that's why we're seeing them again, because we're back into the place where they can afford to sell you a point or two, and you could end up with a six-something mortgage instead of an eight. Yeah, so they what they did, but here's the thing. It, the, the, that one's like 7.75. So when I went to this other uh, thing, account, like local Carolina Trust, their credit union, that's where I have my car, my truck, Loan through, um, they're at seven point three seven five with no points. So I'm like, you know, I'm back and forth between that. I mean, obviously so the, other, the lower well, interest is better. Well, not always. Your mortgages are confusing because every mortgage company has a different deal. It's not just the interest rate; it's closing cost. Who pays what? There, there's a lot of money right, right. that, that a, a mortgage company can either charge you for things or not charge you for those things. So typically, if you see a higher rate, there's probably some better terms in there somewhere. They may be paying more of the, the upfront and closing costs. Here's one more option I would want you to explore before you make a decision. You have checked a, uh, sure. a traditional mortgage company and you've checked a local 
bank credit union kind of thing. Now what I want you to do is find a mortgage broker. Right. Okay. And a mortgage broker and just say, hey, just... will go shop all of their kids. They might have 30 mortgage companies that they deal with, and they may know of one that really likes these kinds of loans and situations, and they have a great deal on it. Like sometimes people who are self-employed, there, there are banks that don't really like to deal with self-employed, so they'll give you a higher rate. A mortgage broker can find a company that specializes in in mortgages for self-employed, and you might get a better rate and a better deal. Right. Okay. I thought to look into that. That makes sense. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, because I had my point, points. I'm like, and then I, and I, I knew, I knew, like the way you explained it, I knew that. I'm like, well, you know, it's. I'm, I'm just trying to look for the easiest it's, transition on it. it here's to get it over with. It, it, but it's. And this is another reason to use a broker. A broker can explain to you. They'll look at two deals and go, well, yeah, you're going to pay a higher interest rate over here because they're covering this cost. So, you know, and you can almost work out break evens on these things. If I take the lower mortgage rate or the lower closing cost and I end up with a higher percentage, that will pay off for me up to the fourth year. And after the fourth year, it would actually start costing me more. So all of those things are pretty complicated, but a mortgage broker can help you with all of that. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to to look at that tonight. And then you can can always call me, and and if you want to send me details, I'll look them over and help you as much as I can. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I still haven't reached out. I know you've been just sick and all that. I just, I don't want to, you know. Yeah, I want to get better and something to do to deal with me. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I haven't been uh, I haven't been answering anybody. I was supposed to have a meeting this week with David, and I I told him it it may not happen until we get back up to Nashville. Cool. Yeah, I said once I get some all that stuff together, if you don't mind doing, I would appreciate that. No, no problem at all. Take a lot off my shoulders, man. Yeah, no problem. All right, Kev. Thanks again. I appreciate all your help, man. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Take care. Let's go to Tennessee. Ilya, welcome. Morning, Kevin. How you doing? Doing good. I guess we're looking at an oil sample. Yeah, I actually, there's actually uh, two oil sample documents and three trucks. Two of them are on one sample, so like on one form for some reason. Got it. Okay. So I'm looking at one right now. The first one looks like it's just one truck, a Volvo VNL 670. Okay. Um, any specific questions on that one? Uh, no, I just wanted to get your opinion on all three. The, like, these are all three trucks that yeah. I'm looking to choose between oh. one to three. They're oh. all about the same truck. Oh, so you're looking to buy these? Yeah, one of the three, yeah. Now. The 2017 now. Volvo 670 is with 264s. According to this paperwork, there's no miles on this oil. Well, I'm not sure how much mileage is on there because it's then, on the, hold, the dealership. Hold, but it, hold on. We can't look. I, I, there's nothing I can comment on this sample. If I don't know how many miles are on an oil sample, I can't comment. It, matter, it means everything. I could totally misinterpret something if I don't know the miles. And my guess is if this came from a dealer, it's got almost no miles on it. They all change the oil. They don't change their oil like... Um, 
like until they're selling, like the, until the truck is sold, and then that's that, that's when they negotiate like that, the that, service with it. Well, that's nice, except they should just add one more step. They need to find out when that oil was changed. I don't know if this oil has sixty thousand miles or six thousand miles. And that makes all the difference. I cannot interpret an oil sample if I don't know the miles on the oil. I won't do it because I'll make a mistake. Okay. Um, okay. Is there anything you might be able to see in it? If uh, I, I'm pretty sure all these three, they all even look exactly the same. Well, then, I, I, I can tell you on, on, on the first one, I, there's nothing for me to talk about. But that may be because there's just not many miles on this oil. And the other two I'm looking at right. now are the same way. They're so clean. It could just be a really clean engine or it could just be there's just no miles on this oil. But I, I can't guess. I mean, I don't, I don't want to guess because one of these trucks could have a coolant leak. It just hasn't shown up yet. One of them could be getting dirt in the engine, but it, it just has, doesn't have enough miles to show up yet. So for, for a pre-buy oil sample, I, I won't comment on them at all if I don't know the miles. Okay. And now, what about I, idle now, time? There's one think? thing that may have changed my mind. I may have been able to give you a little bit of advice. If one of these showed up with a problem, there's a lot of fuel in the oil, there's a lot of coolant in the oil, there's a lot of dirt in the oil. Well, then I would say, I don't really care how many miles are on this one. Just skip this one. It's got a problem. But that didn't happen. They all look so clean to me that my guess is there's way too much of a chance. There's just not enough miles on this. Okay. So um, I, could, and then I, I can rule a truck out sometimes with an oil sample if I don't know the miles. I could rule a truck out. I can never rule a truck in if I don't know the miles. Okay. Um, is there anything you could tell me what you think of, or your opinion on idle time? The the sample that has the two trucks, the idle time on those is thirty five percent and twenty nine percent. That's a no for me. Those are no's for me. All three of them. Yeah, I I really want to find a truck with less than fifteen. Ten is even better. I mean, lower is always better. Emission engines don't like idling. This is a bigger issue than it's ever been. And for me, I don't like. And here's the problem: almost all the fleet trucks are going to have high idle time. Yeah. Okay. But to me that that's I, I was actually surprised by the I was actually surprised by this idle time too cuz all three of them have APUs also. See, that's that's what makes uh, me crazy. You, you can't even get drivers to turn off the damn truck when you buy them a $12,000 APU. Mm -hmm. Any truck with an APU should be under 5% idle time. Why would yeah, you that's, ever that's idle the truck? Was. Yeah. So your only idling they, they happens uh, at startup in the morning and stopping and starting here and there during the day. You should have extremely low idle time with an APU. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's it's probably like kind of the stuff that I think Henry or Joel was saying the other week that uh, like people even idle the trucks even at the fuel aisle or whatever. That's like that's pointlessly. that's what I mean, and and that's always been an issue. Yeah. But with emissions, it's a much, much bigger issue. Right. Okay. So that so here, remember, remember your goal when you're looking at trucks. Your goal is not to find the truck you know you want to buy. Your truck is to eliminate every truck you don't want to buy. And you just did that. 
that to me is a win. You found a good reason not to look at these trucks anymore. Now you can move on. Right. Yeah, I actually do have a third one I'm looking at, and I know that one's uh, idle time is lower. I'm just waiting for the guy to send me the oil sample back on that one because tr- he has the truck yep. out on the road, and uh, he's waiting for the driver to come back. Make sure you get the miles on the oil. Okay. And right. then call me and we'll go over that one. You're welcome. Let's go to Texas. James, welcome to the program. James, welcome. Kevin, can you hear me? I can now. Go ahead. How are you doing? I'm recovering. Um, Good. In Florida, can't beat that, huh? Uh, Honestly, today, I've been in Florida for, when did I get here? It was almost a week ago. I came down here right after uh, F3 ended, so I'm coming up on a week. Today is the first time I have seen a tiny little bit of sunshine. It has been nothing but rain the whole time I've been here. You must be bad luck or something. I don't know what it was. I was, you know, now I can actually see some blue sky and sunshine today. It looks like it might clear up kind of nice. Um, about half the sky is still in clouds. But it, it has been kind of cool in the 60s and raining the whole time I've been here. Not that it mattered to me because I really haven't left my coach hardly at all anyway, so. I hear you. Hey, I've got a couple of questions. I tried to get in yesterday about that the silver and the copper. I bought that. One of them has a dropper in it. I forget which one. And I'm using it for both of them. Is that going to hurt anything? Mixing no. that stuff together? No. Won't hurt a thing. I didn't think so. Okay. And uh, another, I've been fighting this acid reflux. I'm, uh, I'm on my second TPI kit. And I'm still, I went to the chiropractor, uh, day before yesterday and I'm going back today, but, uh, it got worse when, after he, uh, popped me all, you know, whatever he did to, uh, crumpled me up like a freaking, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they do. And, uh, but he's a good, I mean, I've been, I talked to three people that were there and they were all so impressed with this guy. And I just kind of picked him out of the blue. So it was pretty good luck. So I'm hoping that. But it got, it seemed like the acid reflux got worse yeah. after he did what he did when he pushed up on it and everything. You know, I, I give it, give I it some time. Here's that's part of the process. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought. We actually have a name for this. It, it's called a healing reaction. It happens with protocols. It happens with supplements. It happens with procedures. So when we go in to fix the problem, many times we aggravate the problem and we make it worse for a while. And, and we actually call it a healing reaction. So I, I would give it some time. That makes, that makes sense. And um, I, um, I joined the, the health coaching deal and oh, uh, trying to do this, trying to log all my food and everything. The dashboard thing to me is a hard, it's hard for me to, you know, log all that stuff into there. I've been taking so pictures of my that, food. You know, that that's the easiest way. And it's all I need. I, I don't need you to give me amounts and macros and uh, just just take a picture of what you're eating. Yeah. And I, I, if all you gave me was pictures of everything you ate, it's all I need. You don't have to write a single word. I mean, it, it, down, I'm not real sharp on, you know, downloading that stuff into that into that thing because it didn't seem like I could see what I downloaded in. It said I downloaded a picture in there and then I could, I'm not real tech savvy. Yeah. If you ever have a problem with that, call our tribe care team. 
I mean, that's part of the program. We we don't want you yeah. to struggle with the technology. We'll help you with it. Sure, I know, but I'm doing this at off hours, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, I know. I'm trying, and trying to find a way to, to do it, but I definitely, you know, want to figure this stuff out and get this. I'm tired of this acid reflux, and it's killing me. Yeah, so. we we will fix it. Yeah, I have confidence it'll get done. I know it's not going to happen overnight, and and like I say, I've got you, and I've got this chiropractor now, and I'm I feel like I'm in pretty good hands. So good, good. I like that. Anyway, all right. Well, I just wanted to ask you about that silver thing. I didn't think it was a big deal, but you know, it was. No, not at all. I ended up forgetting it on this trip. Yep. All right, sir. That's all I got. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Illinois. Austin, welcome. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing this morning? Good. What can I help you with? Uh, yes, sir. I'm looking at a, uh, a Volvo 760. Um, my, my company is selling it. Um, they're selling it for $62,500. I just want to make sure that before I even start digging into it, I just want to make sure that it's spec right and it's going to help me with fuel mileage. Uh, what uh, year is it? It does have, it's a 2020. Uh, TC? Uh, it just says T on it. Well, we for T760. So you're not sure on the engine whether it's turbo compounding? No, I'm not sure on that. I know it's a D13. I can definitely find out. Yeah, we may need some more details. Tell me what you do have. Um, I know it's 264 rear. Um, has the iShift 12 in it. What's the final gear uh, ratio in the iShift 12? Is that an overdrive? Uh, how, how can I find that out? You got to get the, one of the ways, just take the VIN number and call a Volvo dealer. They'll run the VIN and they should be able okay. to download a spec sheet. And if you get that spec sheet, then I can help. There, it sounds like we have too many missing pieces of information right now. Right, right. Yes, sir. All right. I'll get that found out today. And then uh, if you're on tomorrow and I can get in, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Perfect. And tomorrow's even better because you'll have uh, you'll have Joel here. Perfect. All right. Yeah, I'll call him tomorrow. Thank you, Kevin. All right. You're welcome. Let's go to Georgia. Cameron, welcome. Hey, Kevin. How you doing today? Can, I, can you put me back in the queue? Um actually in a drive-thru yep. right now. Yep, I will do that, and we'll bring you back in a minute. Uh, let's go to California. Dave, welcome. Hello. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Hey, you remember like five weeks ago, uh, a guy named Steve called you, and he took a lot of ibuprofen for his pain, and now he has low oxygen levels? Actually, I don't remember that call. Yeah. Well, he's all he's 63. He's always been on um diabetic pills for like half his life and he, and you told him to get on carnivore. So he's been doing that and he called me like 2 days ago and told me my doctor took me off all those pills. All, wow. those, all those diabetic pills. Wow. He must yep. have really went carnivore. Yeah. He said, whatever you're taking is better than what I'm giving you. So they took them off. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I, I, know, I, 
I normally don't forget a call like that. You know, the whole oxygen level thing that that should have triggered something. I'm just shocked. Yeah, remember you. You were struggling with him because that's the one thing you couldn't figure out about him. Yeah. You know, oh. well, he's going to call you. He's going to call you next week with results. Okay? Excellent. I will look call. forward to that. And maybe when I hear him, it'll trigger something. The last month I've been. Yeah. I've been uh, been a little busy. But normally I remember stuff. I understand. Like that. I understand. Huh. But that's awesome news. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Kevin. I just wanted to let you know he should be calling you next week. So I'll probably be with him when he calls. Okay, I'm going to look forward to that. Thank you for the uh, for the heads up. All right. All right. Um, I am. Um, I'm going to wait for Cameron for a minute here. Give him time to get his coffee order in or whatever he's doing. Um, I've got a couple things I need to announce. Uh, some store stuff going on. Um, Lona Life. I didn't get my Lona Life this morning. I was busy trying to fix our technical issue right up until the show started. It turns out that our technical issue is nothing I did. It's nothing about the setup. My laptop is failing somehow. Uh, so we've isolated it down to the laptop. I just got to figure out what my options are. I have to just suck it up and buy a new laptop. Um, so I didn't have time to get my Lona Life, and I'm really missing it right now, but we're running a Lona Life sale till next Wednesday. So you've got a little bit of time. Uh, you will get a free four-stick pack of the turkey bone broth, which if you haven't tried the turkey yet, you really need to. Uh, if you spend $75 on a Lona Life product, collagen, or bone broth, you'll get a four-stick pack of the turkey to try. So that's four full servings. Um, no code needed. You just add the turkey bone broth sticks to your cart, and it will be marked free. If you have any questions, you can always call, but that's pretty simple. And it looks like, I didn't even know about this, looks like we have a new new product in the store for the pups. It is new chews. We have holiday feast, salmon recipe, chicken, beef. Um, there are four packs of the chews. Diesel is addicted to the chews. He gets a chew every single night. And if he doesn't, there will be no peace in the house. Diesel loves those things. So um, head on over to the store. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. No, that's right. That's what I was supposed to do today. Head on over to the store. There's all kinds of great. I, I, here's something else I will tell you about this trip. I am loaded up in the coach with food from the store. And the only time I eat out is because somebody invites me out. Other than that, I'm eating in the coach and I'm really, really happy. Shopping in our store is a great place to keep your truck stocked up. So look through all the products. You might be surprised there's stuff you may not even know is there. Um... I think I'm going to go back to uh, Cameron, see if he's ready. You know what? I'm also going to, I, I turned the phone lines off a little bit because I had so many callers. Um, I'm going to turn them on just for a minute. I'll take another call or two to get us to the top of the hour. So if you want to jump in right now with a question, comment, a topic, go ahead and do that. Uh, Cameron, I'm just checking in to see if you're ready. Yep, all set. All right. Cold brew coffee, so we're, we're good to go. Excellent. 
All right. So we're looking at an oil sample, uh, a Cummins yep. L9. Interesting. Uh, I looked at this oil sample before for me, um, and it was back in, I think it was early March when, when I called about it. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, I had a, a slight, a slight water leak. Yeah, And cool. um, it was, uh, yeah, right, yeah. And uh, uh, so I took it to my mechanic shortly after I talked to you, and uh, he said that uh, it was a, um, I guess, a tear in the engine liner. Ooh. And, um... How he did he wait, wait, wait? How how did he verify that? Uh, I, I was kind of wondering that too, um, but I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Um, so for for the uh, previous year, uh, for a year, I had I think it's all of uh, 2022. I had an oil leak, and um, I took it to Freightliner several times. Uh, actually, it was probably about six or seven times different Freightliner dealerships, and um, they did the same thing, basically. They replaced the the seal, um, front cover, uh, all that kind of stuff uh, to try to fix the oil leak, and it wasn't fixing it. And uh, they just kept doing the same stuff over and over again, and I got really mad with them about that. And so finally, I, I consulted uh, another mechanic, and uh he said, well, have they checked the crankcase filter? And so I, I told them to do that, and they did that, and boom, it fixed my oil leak. Uh, but, so, so hold on, let's go back. Let, let's go back. I need to know why that fixed the oil leak. Was the, was the breather so clogged it was building pressure and forcing oil out somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, that crankcase filter was just so dirty and, and so backed up that it was. It, okay, it, so that that that's a pretty simple fix and not that big of a deal. All right. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, but it was just the fact that you know they didn't look at that; they just kept you know uh, doing the same things over and over again. When I told them it wasn't which problem it, that kind of worries me about a shop is that the same shop now that is saying that, that they believe no. okay no well yeah I, it was because it was the only reason i wanted to carry it back to the same shop well the first few times it was the same shop um and the only reason i wanted to carry it back is because i'd already paid them the money and you know it was going to be under warranty parts warranty to okay Finally, uh, after the first few times, I took it to another Freightliner, and they started, I told them exactly what the other Freightliner dealership did, and um, they said, well, we're still going to do, we still have our process. And I said, well, it's not going to work, because they've already done that, and sure right. enough, it didn't work. So, uh, but finally, they they fixed, they checked that uh, crankcase filter, and, and that was the whole problem. Okay. Uh, and I'm thinking that that uh, must have caused the tear in the engine liner. No, I, I don't. I, I, first off, I have never heard of a tear in an engine liner. I don't even know what that means. That's an odd word to use. Well, Tip I, may be, I may be putting it the wrong way. It's, uh, typically, bad, typically, and I am not familiar with the architecture of this engine. 
and that can matter how the sleeves are installed. There's some other issues here. Typically, what what happens when we get coolant into an engine, and it, it is a liner problem, it's what's called cavitation. What cool, what color coolant is in this truck? It is kind of a um, purple color. So it is a long life or extended life coolant. How many miles are on the truck? Just under 400,000. So the the original coolant is still... It's in part. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The original coolant is long life coolant, and it's good for 600,000 miles. So there's no coolant issue. If this had green coolant in it, cavitation could be a problem we don't see much cavitation anymore like we used to because so if we go back to the green coolant the reason you used to put a water filter on for the most part was the water filter was charged with additives that that green coolant needed every 15 or twenty thousand miles and if somebody started putting blanks on there that didn't have the additive or didn't keep the additives up those additives are what protect the engine from cavitation. The long life coolant has long life additives that protect the engine from cavitation. So we don't see it much anymore. But other than that, I don't know what they're trying to say happened to this liner or how they know it. I would need a better explanation from them of what they think happened and how. Yeah, I should have asked them how he how he figured that out because i know obviously he didn't go into the engine and correct right because if you get down uh, like i said i'm not familiar with the total architecture of this engine but i've never seen an engine you i mean you got to tear them apart to see that's the problem Right. That's what I was thinking, too. And I'm no expert. on. Now, here, here's what I would do. Let, 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 let's just skip all the speculation because it's all that we're doing right now. If you get a good answer from them about why they're convinced that there's a liner problem, whatever the liner problem is, have them explain it to you better. Give them a, a good explanation of how they know. Then we could go from there. But based on what I'm seeing right now, is this is the same oil still in? Probably not, because this this sample goes all the way back to February. Have you done another sample since then? Yeah, no, not. so so I'll tell you, I parked the truck right after that. Oh, okay. I own a uh, uh, a tra- I own a trailer dealership, and so I'm going to use it. I was going to call you, and this is the reason for my call. I was going to ask, you know, how long you would because. I'm only going to put based, maybe 10,000 miles a year on the truck. Based on the little bit of coolant that was in there, here's what I would recommend. Um, how many, have you put any miles on it, any significant miles since this sample? Maybe, maybe 5,000 miles. Okay. At Penta, I would put it, I would put it back in service. You had so little coolant in here that it, it's not enough to even worry about yet. All this this amount of coolant, all that tells us is, yeah, a little bit of coolant got in the oil somewhere. But we don't know where, but this isn't enough to hurt anything at all. What I would do is i just put this back into service, and I would just sample it every 10,000 miles. You you may get you may get a couple of years out of this thing easy. And I, I did the—I uh, found out that rebuilding that engine 
is more expensive uh, with parts and labor and everything than just going and getting a, a brand new crate engine that, from, from Cummins with a warranty. That's becoming and, pretty so, common. With, yeah, it's like fifteen grand uh, with labor, uh, yeah. the cost of the engine, and, and everything. So, I mean, can't beat that. No, and I honestly, I don't think you need it. I, I, I would just run this thing. I would check the check the uh, keep an eye on coolant level. Obviously, you're going to anyway. If you notice yeah. a big drop in coolant at any point, then I would absolutely do an immediate sample. If you notice, hey, this thing okay. was fine, and all of a sudden I'm a gallon down, then I might pull a sample right then. Otherwise, I would just sample at ten thousand okay. and keep running this thing. And the funny thing is, it would, uh, I mean, it, it would lose, I mean, it wouldn't always lose coolant. It, it was kind of... Uh, intermittent. intermittent. Yeah, that, that, that's another reason to just uh, just run this thing and keep an eye on it. Okay, okay, good to know, man. At 10,000 miles a year, you, you, yeah, 10,000 miles a year, you might be calling me back in five years going, when's this thing going to break? I hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah not for hire basically right now so i mean yeah it's it's just going to be short mileage so yeah kind of what i was looking for then perfect all right thanks for the help you're welcome thanks for the call let's go to texas paul welcome howdy what's on your mind today i didn't hear the well i didn't hear the start of that call what engine did he have it's an l9 cummins just not familiar with those oh, okay little one yeah yeah I've, I've never heard that terminology a tear and a liner uh, uh, not made of paper <laughs> that yeah that was a bizarre way of saying it and then my question is how do you know if you didn't pull it apart there may be a way to know on that engine i i just don't know enough about how that thing's put together to know but i, I would want them to explain to me how they know and they better be damn confident yeah so Steve was talking about yellow, and you mentioned a car hauler company that was Jack Cooper. Yeah, I got a bunch of I got a bunch of messages, but that must have been taken off the table because I can't find it anywhere. You know, I don't know how they're going to hook a car hauler trailer on well, the back end of that dump. The the whole thing when it happened just seemed totally bizarre to me. They don't they wouldn't use any of this equipment. They, why would they need those terminals? Nothing about it made sense. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't understand it either. And if if the thought was, we're going to go in and buy Yellow's assets and we're going to start a new LTL company, holy cow, that's a bad idea. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) because it's not exactly primo top-of-the-line equipment. Oh, it's garbage. Yeah, a lot of it, hell, some of those trailers are probably over 20 years old, I would imagine. Yeah, and the tractors are all stripped okay. and stripped and abused. They're slip-seated. Nobody takes care of that. That stuff is just awful. Yeah. Uh, uh, one man's junk could be someone else's treasure. Who knows? Uh, I, I guess, except I, I don't want to be paying numbers that start with a capital B. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, capital B, I want bargain, not booze. <laughs> That's exactly right. So you were talking, I guess you were talking about the PRO Act at the start of the show. I missed that bit too. But I don't really have any desire to have my own authority. 
But if it was the choice we cut between becoming an employee driver or having my own authority, I'd get my own authority. Absolutely, and that that may be what's coming. Yeah, vote them out. So the good news is, like I said, I've got everybody wants to be an employee. I, yeah, for for a course like this, I've got eighty to ninety percent of the work already done. I've just I here's why we never put it out when we were working yeah. on it. We were heading right into COVID about the time we would have finished it. And you have probably yep. heard me say about a thousand times, this is not a good time to become a carrier. Not a good time to go buy a truck. Just wait. Yeah. Um, all the people that started at the top are the first ones out now. So now is the time. Whether the PRO Act forces us into something like this or people just want to look for opportunities, uh, that's where they're going to be. So I, I think the timing is right to release something like this. Yeah, well, I'm quite happy with the least of the carrier. Let them do most of the work. And yeah. I do I do the easy stuff and fill out the paperwork, and they do all the invoicing and billing. And as long as I send them my pay request, I get paid twice a month. There you Boom. go. Checked always there. All right. The, uh, the, I'll carry on. The Becketts are waiting, so I am going to wrap this up. We will be right back with Rolling Toe. It takes us usually less than five minutes to make this transition. So uh, I will do that, and I will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.